This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1123, Best Strategies to Help You Deal with Someone Who Plays the Victim, part two, by Sabrina of TheBuddingOptimist.com. Hello, everybody. I am Greg Audino, your host and narrator. Very pleased that you've joined today for not only another post about bettering your relationships, but actually a continuation of yesterday's post. Yes, I like to read longer articles over two consecutive episodes, This post by Sabrina of The Budding Optimist got off to a great start yesterday. So hit pause now and check that episode out first if you haven't already. But if you have, let's jump into the rest of it right now and optimize your life. Best Strategies to Help You Deal with Someone Who Plays the Victim, Part 2, by Sabrina of TheBuddingOptimist.com. Number 2. Encourage Problem Solving, Discourage Venting. One thing people with a victim mentality love to do is vent. They can go on and on, talking in circles about one problem without exploring any solution and wasting their time and yours in the process. Inventing does more damage than killing productivity. Sure, everyone needs to vent at one time or another. Bottling things up is never good for anybody. But when venting becomes the default mode for someone, it not only becomes a productivity drain, it turns into a furnace that only fuels more stress and anger in the person doing the venting. So, if you notice someone chronically venting about their problems, the best thing you can do for their mental health and yours is this. Don't let them pour out their grievances like a broken dam. You have to shut the gate quickly and firmly without being rude, of course. And you do this by encouraging them to think about solutions to their problems instead of focusing on the problems themselves. For example, when someone with a victim mentality says, I'm always getting hurt by the people closest to me, you could say, what do you think you can do to communicate your hurt feelings across constructively? Number three, recognize their feelings. Don't validate their victimhood. Do you know someone who's always recounting the bad things that have happened to them? What's your go-to response? Is it one of the following? A, poor you. B, Oh my gosh, that's awful. C. You're right, that person was totally in the wrong. And do you also nod your head along as they tell you about their plight and how unfair the world is to them? It's our natural tendency to want to empathize with someone in pain. We say and do things to show that we recognize their feelings and accept them. This is called emotional validation, and it's a powerful relationship skill that helps strengthen our social bond. But, If we're dealing with a person who has the victim mentality, we want to be careful of how we approach emotional validation. You want to recognize their feelings, but at the same time, 
refrain from confirming their reality. Because if you confirm their reality, the world is a big, bad place and people are being jerks to them, the more they feel a sense of validation of their victimhood. This will only compound their feelings of helplessness and make them even less willing to take accountability for their actions and be in charge of their own destiny. And not to mention, if they feel they can count on you to validate their victimhood, they'll always come to you to dump their woes. And I'm guessing you don't want that. So, be very clear that while you accept and understand their feelings, you may not agree with their perceived reality. For example, when someone with a victim mentality says, I'm so hurt by what so-and-so said at our last get-together, it humiliated me, how could she be so mean? You could say, I see that you're upset, and I can understand why you would feel this way if you thought she wanted to humiliate you. However, from the way I see it, it was an innocent joke not a remark directed at you, and it meant no harm. Number four, challenge their narratives and assumptions, tactfully. People with a victim mentality enjoy the attention they receive when others comfort them over their tales of woes and misfortune. They often exaggerate negative past experiences to make them sound like they were far worse and happened more frequently than what actually took place. And if you never question their story again, They'll keep coming to you to unload their negativity. In the meantime, nothing is resolved and their problems continue. If you really want to help them and save your own sanity at the same time, then don't be afraid to challenge their narratives and assumptions. Tactfully, of course. For example, when someone with a victim mentality says, my parents are always picking fights with me for no reason, they don't care about me, you could ask the following questions. What do you mean by always? How frequently are you fighting versus simply voicing disagreement? What role do you think you play in the conflict? And what have you done to improve your relationship with your parents? Number five, draw a line in the sand. And last but not least, remember that you should never inherit someone else's problems. If a person with a victim mentality is not interested in solving their own dilemma, there's nothing you can do to help them. Don't take their problems to heart or make it your mission to solve anything for them. Don't strain yourself helping them with things that they can and should be able to do themselves. And by all means, don't let them go on and on with their laundry list of bad things and bad people in their lives. When someone isn't interested in helping themselves, the best thing you can do for them and for yourself is this. Draw a line in the sand and let them know where it is. Set clear boundaries and remind them how much you're willing to give at all times, respectfully, of course. For example, when someone with a victim mentality comes to you and starts to talk about their problems, you could say, I want to give you the attention and respect you deserve. However, I can only offer five minutes of my undivided attention to listen to you talk about your issue. But I'm always here if you're ready to talk about how you're going to solve the problem. Yes, it's going to raise their eyebrows. It's going to make them pout, and it might even make them lash out. But don't let guilt or the fear of being judged as not nice stop you from setting clear boundaries. Because if you don't, sooner or later you're going to run empty. And then, as soon as you say you can't give them all the attention they want, you're deemed not nice anyway. You're not trying to win the Nobel Peace Award here, so you just have to learn to live with being labeled not nice by some people. Trust me, your sanity is worth the small price. You just listened to part two of the post titled 
Best Strategies to Help You Deal with Someone Who Plays the Victim by Sabrina of TheBuddingOptimist.com And a great finish by Sabrina. Thanks so much to her for this post and all the guidance it came with. A lot of really wonderful ideas here. What I really liked about this one was all the scenarios in which she encouraged us to ask questions rather than make statements. When we ask questions of those who are feeling troubled, we're giving them space to be heard rather than instructed. And when this level of comfort is established, not only is it easier for them to feel a sense of alliance with us, but they're much better suited to come to their own conclusions, feeling challenged intellectually more than emotionally, if that makes sense. People will always make the best and most lasting changes when they realize them themselves, rather than being told what to do. We can help by asking questions, unless it's made clear that they want our advice. Frankly, a strong sense of victimhood is likely tied to a complex history anyway, and because we can't understand these histories in great detail, there's even more reason to ask questions so both we and those with the sense of victimhood can come to greater understandings. That's going to do it for today, though, everybody. Many thanks for listening to this post across the last two episodes. It was very methodical as well as very sympathetic. I know I enjoyed it, and I hope you did too. Have a great rest of your day, though, and do be sure to come on back tomorrow for the Thursday show in the beginning of our parenting leg of the week. That's where your optimal life awaits.